Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacker. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. I'm your host, Graham Wilgos. Brad, we're on tour. Everybody's here for the uh, for the first time in front of a live studio uh, studio audience. Let's have a cheer. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah. Carlton needed to prove that, didn't we? No, it's important to yeah. prove it. Like Jamie um, Kyle. Yeah. So, it, we, we should say where we are, first of all. We're coming to you from Prologue Cycling in Harrogate, uh, a cycling hub. Jacob, where are you, where are you Jacob? Thank you for having us. Uh, Matt, you've, you've jumped in there, so we should probably introduce you as well, the, the owner of the strongest forearm game in yeah. world cycling. It's, it, back, it's back in action it tonight. It is. You've, yeah. you've covered it up for us. Currently. I have it. I've got a, a shirt on uh, due to the inclement conditions outside. Um, but no, it's a slightly faulty microphone, so I don't have a stand like you guys but fortunately it's a pretty strong and forearm you're a little horse as well because you've been working yeah well, you've i've been here all week i've been to spec savers uh yeah i've uh, been chatting all all week i've been shouting very loudly down the road at the swift house well, so thank you commentating for your voice no for, yeah for an hour or so more this thanks evening. very much um adam blight here how are you doing and he's brought his mates i've brought some mates with me yeah a couple Look, of mates how many <laughs> mates you got like two mate max, two mate max. So they call. Well, you can you call them on if you're on your ass. I can call them if I'm Good on lad. my ass, Bradley. Thank you very much. Uh, Three actually. Bradley's here. Adam, you're nice. looking. Light shirt. Mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you, you, well, you're looking as you was. Are you breaking a, a shirt out for the occasion? I thought, you know, last show of the year, bring a shirt out. But you're also looking a little bit fresher from when we saw you last. You hadn't slept in 24 hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. You'd, you'd worked hard to, that, to get yeah. down to us. Well, we appreciated the effort. So, um, so, it's uh, it's it's. It, what is it? It's post World Championships road race, uh, the the main event. It's been Matt because you've been here all week. Actually, just give us a little flavour because yeah. it's been it's been a terrific World Championships, but not without its trials and 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 largely because of the the famous English weather. Yeah, it's just been typically Yorkshire weather, isn't it? But we knew that when we were coming into this race, and when when the, first, the Yorkshire first got the knob, we knew it could be you know there could be cracking weather, or it could be indifferent, or it could be awful. And we've had a bit of everything. I mean, yesterday the women's road race started off a bit grim, but blue skies, hot. You know, wonderful race. But today was a wonderful race in the men's. But, uh, yeah, the big shame was the fan zone for me because mm. the World Championships is all about the fans. It's so special. The rainbow bands are amplified by the passion of the fans. And, and that, yet... It's about, it's, it's about the fans. And yet, lining the course in their, in their hundreds. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, togged up against the elements. You know, the, the, the kind of legacy off the back of the Tour de France... The history, the love for cycling in Yorkshire. Remember, Beryl Burton lived in Harrogate for years. Tom Simpson lived just down the road. You know, yeah. um, Ca- well, Cav- Cav's aunt. He's been to Betty's tea rooms before in the past. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's Yorkshire loves cycling. And uh, this, was, this has been a very, very special week, and it's been one to remember. But uh, you're not without its controversy, uh, as, as we know. Well, so we, sh- we should just mention today as well, the course shortened, so still 261 kilometres from... Uh, well, so it's washed out. So Buttertubs right. and Grinton Moor both washed out. Uh, yeah. So early mm. communique from UCI this morning. That, just to give you an idea of how seriously they were taking this, uh, it was, it was uh, in consultation with the Environment Agency as well mm. as local mountain rescue teams. Mm. So uh, it, that, that, that gives you some idea of... Of, uh, of, of how seriously they're taking yeah. this. Still, though, 3,500 metres of climbing across today, even without the two big climbs. Uh, here's how it finished on Eurosport. Oh, Mads Pedersen has got to done it for Denmark! Trentin just ran out of legs at the very last silver medal for him. Kung crosses the line for the bronze medal, but Denmark have done it. Mads Pedersen, we thought he was mad when he went for the initial move. Most certainly not. He's a world champion. That was wonderful. So, Adam, I'm going to come to you first, just because you kept repeating this. Mads Pedersen is our new world champion. Yeah, it's weird. I couldn't... Um, so we were watching on my iPhone before, but it had a massive delay on it. And I saw on Instagram randomly on my friend's phone that Mads Pedersen was on. I was like, what? This is weird that they're calling that 
before it's happened. It was just like magic. I was like, this isn't happening. And then I realized my iPhone was delayed, caught up to it. And I was like, wow, he's, he's won. And it, it's one of them winners where you can't be like, oh, wow, yeah, he has won. And it's actually now you said it. Yeah, of course he's won. He, he's a brilliant cyclist. But beforehand, I was like, how has he won? It's because nobody was talking about him, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And nobody was think, talking about him. But I think that's the beauty of the world is no matter who you predict to win the world, that person will never win it. And I think that's the same. Time trial is a little bit different, I think, with you sort of know the numbers, you know who's sort of good. But with a road race, I think the world, it's always the person you never pick to win. Is it a case today because of the wet, like when you get conditions like this, you are more likely to get a surprise world champion? I mean, the last two to win him, Astor Rosa in 2003 when he won the world. That was unexpected, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Oscar Freire, the first time he won it. Yeah. Basso in 72 when he won it. They're all people you don't, they weren't like expected. They weren't the Gimondis of the time, Mercs and all mm. that. You know, Valverde last year, you could have kind of predicted that, couldn't you? But had Bardet won last year, you wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> no, or would he, yeah. And I think it's because of the nature of the jersey, the history of the jersey, the people that wear it. You always expect it to be only a few that can hold that jersey. So it, you expect to be a like, champion, don't yeah, you? Yeah, someone like Pedro, especially at 23 years of age, yeah. he may never win another world title again now. Yeah. Don't need to. No, I know that. It's mental. Which shows how special it is because you only get one shot at it. But he's a class, and we're looking back, you know, you, yeah. looking back at what he's already achieved, 23. You know, his, his breakthrough performance was run up in Flanders a couple of, last year or the year before. He's been Danish road champion, elite road champion. He's won amateur, well, the, uh, junior Paris Bay. He's won the, the, the peace race. He's a client, and he oh, won, no, and, 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 won and, and, and he won Iceberg last you week. Don't win the world if you're Mickey Mouse. He's a classy mean? bike rider. He's got he's, a, a he's big, a good big bike engine. Rider. He's yeah. second in Flanders this year, wasn't he? I mean, you just told me that. I didn't really watch it, but well, so, he, so he's, he's, you know, he's got the legs. Here's one for you then, because we, we talked about Matthew van der Poel this year. We talked about Podgorica of the Vuelta. Yeah. We talked about Egan Bernal at the Tour. All these young Remco van der Poel. All these young riders. Can we now put Pedersen in Absolutely, that same bracket yeah. after changed? And his his world has changed, Matt. Yeah, I mean, he won't realise what he's done. No, it's 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 pretty seismic for for Danish side. I was thinking back, is it Jan Janssen who's the last Danish yeah. world champion in, 19, uh, 19, late 60s, early 70s? I don't know. I There's no other. got third in 97. When yeah, when I wrote, yeah, yeah, Liam Van Bommel was there. Yeah, um, that's the year I wrote. But, that's, yeah, but da- right, Danish yeah. have never had a world champion like the last 20, 30 years. That year, didn't you? I did stop to have a poo on the course that year, yeah. yeah. So I just missed out on the podium. <laughs> um, but I had my own poo podium. But you got the you finished, though, didn't you? You finished, you finished the race, didn't you? I didn't finish the race. I watched it. I was just too, too drained. But that's another story uh, for maybe another uh, club. Night. So Dane of the day, possibly. Matt sounds poss- hammered, doesn't he? <laughs> no. I mean, maybe he is. He's been here all week. So. No, it's a, it's a veneer, Sorry, mate. Dane of the day, possibly done and dusted. But, well, but we, coming in we, a bit. we will come to that. Yeah, no, I've um, d- I, I did text his people. Control. You've been in touch. I spoke with Trek and his agents. Who knows? This is good news. This, well, all right. Hopefully. We'll keep our fingers crossed and see what happens come yeah. the end of the show. Yeah. We should also round out the podium and just talk a little about how today finished. Yeah, because So Matteo Trentin in second place. So Trentin had Moscon working for him until the very last. No, the last 5k one, you just said that was a clear world champion it, yeah. 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 and uh, so Brian Smith on comms was saying what was um, he saying now Brian he was thinking I'm thinking, thinking. thinking. I'm thinking he was, did he mention he's never had the yellow jersey in a sort of frost <laughs> he, he might have done if he did it went, it, it <laughs> went under my radar but he was saying that Trentin would have been looking to his left and seeing Kung and looking to yeah. his right and seeing Pedersen and just being almost overconfident that that, yeah. that win was that sprint was his in the three up sprint at the end there um, and they, they well Trentin left it very very late he was the first to go Kung I think Adam you were saying that it's, it was ride of the day as far as you were concerned for Stefan Kung yeah I think going back to the sprint is if you watch the sprint again he gets to the sprint and he's almost he's sat in that position where he's not coming from the back he's not thinking about his position he's just looking at everyone and when he takes up the sprint he's almost just like right here we go let's start this sprint and if you look at it it's almost like a training effort he starts the sprint and he gets 50 metres into it and he's like Oh no! He's given <laughs> his all to that past point. Me, yeah, mm. and I think with it is he's. I think he's. He's not got overconfident, but I think after that day today where he's been in the rain for seven hours, six and a half hours, or whatever it was, he's just got so drained. And I think everyone's on that same sort of page where no one's a better sprinter than you. I think it definitely comes down to tax. If Trenton laid off a bit and sort of put himself in a shadow where he's not forgotten, but the like. What's he doing? What's he doing? And then he run at it. He might have had a better chance, but he literally started a two-up sprint next to Pedersen, which yeah. completely changes the dynamic of a sprint. If Say if we jumped on... I'm excluding... You can exclude me from yeah, that. Sorry. If, yeah. me, if me and Brad jumped on the track now and said, let's, let's have a three-lap race on the track, I'd leave it to the last possible moment to have a sprint with Brad. 
But if you were in but your form, I no, no, take part. no, you would, because we're having this conversation. Yeah, but because Brad would start three laps out and just kill me for it. And I think that's the same with him. He's he's thought, I've got this. I'll just leave it to when I want to sprint and sprint. And it's not backfired, but I think it's just the nature of the race where it's so long and so cold that he's just started and gone. Uh-oh. And not uh oh. Robbie McEwen is it? I don't know if he's here still. Is Robbie? He's still here, Robbie. He might have gone. He's gone. He's gone, has he? Robbie McEwen, legend, was, it, was was here earlier on, and he watched the sprint. Obviously, like the rest, I probably had a bigger TV. I didn't actually see it, and he he watched the way Trenton opened it up, and he thinks he saw Trenton's right leg start to cramp up. Yeah. He said he saw it like you know when you kind of go for a sprint, you put the power down, and it and at the end of a big long race, like you just said, Adam, yeah. and his, his right leg kind of twinged. And whether he cramps up in the final, we'll, we'll never know. But, but that's uh, why it's it an interesting look one, like mate. Yeah. Sprint. That's why it might look like a train sprint because they were just knackered at the end of it, cold. I think I've always said with the world is it's someone that you never expect to win, and I think that comes with the distance. After 250k, it turns into a complete different race after, even if the weather, but I think the weather added to it today. And yeah. I think it's just after 250k... Uphill as well. Yeah. A little bit of hill, yeah. yeah. On the weather, is it the case when a day like today, half the peloton, even before you've crossed the start line, just looks up and they're like, this isn't for me today. Half the guys have quit the race even before it's you start. It's the last race of the season for 100%, 100% yeah. They'll all be thinking about going yeah. out tonight. Yeah. You know, a lot of people at the world's like that, aren't they? Yeah. All yeah. coming to prologue performance to have, I mean, a, have a beer. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's certain people who will open the windows and thought, this is great. But Maybe a lot of others... Guys, yeah, a lot of others would have thought, oh my God. And also, the world's... There's only... If you look at the composition of the teams, there's only a few riders who are in it from a tactical perspective to win it anyway a mm. lot of the riders are there just to ride 100k's or 200k's or take their leaders to the final but this is so what that, I found strange so it's today a weird there's a, different, a lot of different psychological profiles going in with different endpoints massively in, in, in and if you watch today it's really not a normal race in the fact that there was a breakaway that there wasn't a breakaway but Italy and the Netherlands were just riding on the front yeah. and it's like why why are you riding on the front <laughs> what are you riding for you're yeah, not you're chasing done. a break back but these done. guys, yeah, exactly. We these did that guys. For camp. I kept asking Dave if I can just ride early and get off early. <laughs> and he wouldn't <laughs> let me. But that's the thing. Like, he was the captain that day and he wouldn't let me ride early. He said, no, David Miller, Brad, we're just talking, wait, just we're wait, talking about here. David Miller yeah, is David Miller, yeah, the room. Hello, David. Captain. Captain. <laughs> no, and he, he kept telling me to wait and wait and I just wanted to get my job done so I can get off. And it, but that, was, I think it that's took the someone thing like today, to hold me back. But I think that's the thing is that a lot of guys today would be like, right, let's get my job done, let's get my job done. If they can't get the job done, that's why they ride early. They get to 100Ks to go or whatever it is and be like, right, I'm done. You saw like Luis Leon Sanchez get off like 60K to go. You've still got two hours of race. But also if you sat in not doing your job, you're just getting cold. And then when it's time to come, yeah. Sometimes it's easier to ride on the front. Isn't time it? You, know? you look at Rowan Dennis. To anyway. You look at Rowan Dennis today. He rode yeah. from like kilometre zero yeah. until I don't know sixty to go, whatever it was that he pulled up. Uh, well, he, I, I chatted to him a couple of days ago, and he said, "I'm going to just get on the friend. front." No, no, no. Sorry, he did. I had a chat. I said, "What's your roll, pal?" Because he's not ridden more than hundred k's for like three months. No. So he said, "I'm going to ride hundred k at, like, at threshold, pretty That's much it. under threshold, yeah. Yeah. and then get off." Interesting, riding riding on his old BMC bike as well. So yeah, I think, can we that, safely that, say he's not going to be at Bahrain next Let's be honest with you. That's a big middle finger to your sponsor, isn't it? And yeah, I think he'll be in different colours. But we're claiming it as what sponsor? I met Andrew McQuaid last night, the agent of Rowan, and he's like, I question it. I was like, God, I can't be good for him riding on a BMC, but he's like, he's not in a team. Everyone perceives him as still being in Bahrain. He's not. He left that team at the Tour de France. Oh, they did get rid of him, did they? Yeah, it's done. There's no going back to that team. So I think Rowan, you have to look as like a a rider that doesn't have a contract and he hasn't got a team. So I think riding on a BMC. Pretty much the situation, yeah, yeah. So he's riding for next year. We don't know yet. No, but this is another subject, all in all, is that Rowan Dennis, double world champion. We don't know who he's riding for. Yeah. How, like, I mean, this he, is the world he, of cycling. How ridiculous is it well, that you don't know who this guy's riding for? Didn't even know he was going to ride the world here after the tour. Exactly. You know what I mean, he just didn't know what was happening after. That was a performance that when it moved off the, the time trial, title, right? neck. Yeah. That was an amazing. Given that he's not ridden since July. Yeah, a minute, three minutes to fifth. Minute and a half. He said he did say it. I mean. He said he came close to, you know what it's like training on the limit, Brad. That analogy you used a couple of years ago, he said it was like a screw. You're, turning, you're putting so much torque through it, it's yeah. at the point where you think the screw head's going to snap off. Yeah. That's a really wonderful analogy. And Rowan said something very, very similar. He said he's trained so hard, he had to get somebody in to give, offer him psychological support. So he, he has a trainer. He also has somebody who looks after his mental kind of state. He's nuts anyway. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a complex guy. But we all know that. Mental. But that, that's really. But he trained so hard mm. that yeah. it was he's amazing, he was athlete. at the breaking point. And but that's was, why he's so good as an athlete. Yeah, because he, he's got this screw that can. But this is a mental he, thing. He has with big, big brain farts, doesn't he? And goes off on one, doesn't he? In the tour and his teammates and everything. 
But this yep. is what well, that's I what find... makes him good as well because he's yeah. he runs on the edge. He's a he's a torture genius. That's what allows him to not be able to race and train to that ability because yeah. he is something. Fascinating with cycling though is that he is. You see all these people that see in Ineos can do. You name half of the Ineos team, they don't have results. And you go back to the day where you judged a person on, you'll get a contract through yeah. your results. Nowadays, it's a contract through numbers. And it's gone through the way that I feel that Rowan Dennis has got these results and they're not looking at his numbers anymore. Mm. They're going, you can do the best numbers in the world for an hour, but we're not going to sign you because we're worried you're going yeah. to go a little bit rogue. Whereas in my eyes, it should be like, no, bring him in. Let's get him. Let's use him for what he can do and let's... Let's emphasise his personality. Yeah, let's I think that's let's t- I think do what he wants to do to make him the best yeah, in the world, which th- it shows he can be twice. It's, it's not a, just one. Yeah, it's I another, think he's seen as a, a liability as well. Exactly. I think it's a good point, though. And you I don't know what you're going to get from him. You might get that performance, then you might just get him climbing off at the tour and driving yeah, right off for It's hours. a tough one. You, oh, yeah. you, you need and that's pe- what I think teams worry about. You're right. But it's the messed up world about cycling, is that you can, you can sign a guy that's world champion twice. And he has twice, a reputation, every team he's gone to. Or you can sign someone that's not done yeah. anything for minimum or you can sign this guy that's double world champion what yeah, but, would you do but then you have to then what you have to think about is is the impact it has on the team and the reason he's moved teams is because it's had a ripple effect throughout the team and you need certain types of managerial style and not all teams have got the ability to handle a character like that who so has Matt, there you go let's, let's discuss where Rowan Dennis well, is going that's another podcast I Dave think we B. should maybe move on to Dave, that's the thing Dave Dave you look at it sure. and it's Dave like Ineos has got that infrastructure where they can yeah, rein in Rowan Dennis yeah. and it's the perfect it's, stereotype it's the other riders as well isn't it that's what you've got to exactly yes one more on Pedersen because he, if we were going to call one of the, the Danish team to win today it, it would have been maybe Michael Valgren he was my tip it, it would have been maybe Fulsang it was my who, tip who we've seen early doors contest the classics as well and been there in the in the final shake-up. So one of the things that Pedersen said at the finish was that this was not part of the plan as far as the Danish team no, were concerned. No. So he went early so that... Yeah. Ped- so Pedersen went early so that Fulsang and uh, uh, Valgren could come from behind. Well, Valgren was sixth in the end, wasn't he? Yeah, finished, so he, he finished up there. Um, but it, it, was, it, it was the sort of day when that was always going to happen, wasn't it? Well, yes. I think it's just, yeah... I mean, Tactics the weather, go out the, the window. Weather, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, I even uh, think from the nature of the course, if you look at the previous races at Broughton, Van Vluten went from 100k out and she just couldn't catch her. There's no, from what I make of this course, there's no let up. There's yeah. no let up in this course where you can be like, right, a team will bring this back now. Either you have to go full gas on the climb once or twice and then you blow your doors off yeah. or you don't catch them. And I think that's what showed today is when the it's people really bridged across to the, that front group, they went full gas to get there. Mm. And then it was a case of, right, hold on, I'm here. Now what can I do? And it's like Pedersen rode across there at his easiest moment as such. Van der Poel rode across with Trentin in their easiest moment but it's, it's still not easy but I think it's just the nature of the race where they go right where can I make a difference they felt it's a good moment they've gone across there you've got to ride a little bit on instincts and races like, on, on courses like that like you said if you look at the course the easiest technical part actually wasn't that easy because it, was it was a roller coaster to drag constantly changing rhythm we saw the pace through the finish riders chasing to get back on there was no let up no, there's the, the back half of the circuit was really stressful it was very very difficult to organise any sort but of yeah, chase I think so, with it is that you've got your climbs where for the guys I think sorry Matt I think the guys that were doing on the climbs they'd have been five, 600 watts they get off the climb they're doing zero watts mm. they get back on the time they're doing five, 600 watts and then they get back onto a drag they're doing 400 watts so for you think anyone behind they've got to do 40, 50 more watts to get on that and to do that it's, a, it's above a threshold effort it's a capacity effort so you can only do that two or three times mm. so I think when you look at Van Vluten especially she went from so far out that she knows right if I do these watts they have to do that behind and they can't do that over and over and again they can do the same as they can over and over again but that means they won't catch me and I think that's the beauty of what this circuit and the road race brought today it's just hard hard roads well, I think for Vanderpol to be there considering everyone was talking about him before the start and still be in the top five shows how classy he is really yeah, yeah. amazing oh, yeah. and being out and out he put himself in a position I know he got dropped at the end but he still put himself in a position to be there yeah. at yeah. that age I don't think he can complain you know I think he was an, a, a little bit annoyed but you know if you think about the type of rider he is, yeah, the fact he's never. When you look at all, all the riders that have they're up there at the end, maybe Mads Pedersen aside, these have all got you know multiple Grand Tours in their legs and stuff. You know, he's he's basically. Is this his first World Road title? The, yeah, this is his first. Yeah. I mean, it, and the distance and the fact 
his training slightly different. And I think everybody was thinking, what's Van der Poel going to do in this race? And the only unknown thing with Van der Poel was the distance. Mm. And I think we saw that today. It was mm. as simple as that. The race was an hour too long, or 40 minutes too long mm. even, because he only went yeah. in the last lap, didn't he? He was there. But he, he didn't just fade. He properly blew. It was like on a clubber in, in the yeah, winter yeah. when he had to stop at a garage and have a bag of crisps in the Mars bar. That lad needed to find a flipping little chef, didn't he? What bag of crisps do you have? But uh, uh, cheese and onion. Cheese and onion, yeah. But nice. it was a proper explosion. But that just shows that's what he's like. He will ride just full gas, mm. full gas. And I think he'll learn a little bit over the next few years. But what, what a rider to be able yeah, to discuss and talk about yeah. and watch. It's a shame um, Wout van Aert wasn't here, wasn't it? That would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Webster again, have all that. No, he fifth. finished fifth. He yeah. chipped off with a few Ks to go, we yeah. We forget him now, don't we? Amazingly. Yeah. Oddly, we what? forget about yeah, him. Yeah, he was... Um, <laughs> it's good to see it. No, just because just he's just a class act. And yeah. We almost don't talk about him anymore because he's become such an institution. Yeah. He's like winning green at the tour and that's just yeah. that's what he's supposed to happen. It's, it's business as usual. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, we should mention the Brits briefly as well before we move on. Um, so Teo and Swifty both finished inside the top 30 today. I thought you were going to say um, inside the time limit. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, there might have been an element of that too. Uh, yeah. We thought it might have been a day for Geraint Thomas, given that we've seen him on a day like today. So we, I'm going back to the 2014 Commonwealth yeah. Games here and we've seen him yeah, um, uh, sort of finish in a field of 12 in the end. I wouldn't underestimate just how hard that was today. Mm. And I think he's done enough for the year in terms of getting back from being most famous man in the country and winning the tour last year to get in second this year and he could have won the tour this year I think that was enough he was, I think he, his wife's pregnant and she's I think they're going to have a baby yeah, I think stuff I just think it would have been a, been a big ask for him to come here there's so much expected of Grind because mm. of the class act he is and um, I think you know it wouldn't underestimate just how hard the world road race is and the amount of preparation he before it to get yeah. into a position to be able to be in that front five yeah, and, and I think the fact that he pulled out the TT straight away you re- read yeah. into it what you want yeah. he wasn't on it and he the few interviews that I saw you know Ger- Geraint he's, you know, he's honest and he says you know, I'm not quite there I'm going to do what I can and um, I think before when you looked at the course initially, yeah, this could have been a course for Geraint. Look at what he's won before he became... Yeah. He tried to be a classic specialist, won E3, dropping Sagan and, and guys like that. He, 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 could, he could win on a circle like this, but the time was, wasn't right. It's as simple as that. Um, brave ride from Teo as well to finish, yeah, 20s, you know, to finish that way. Yeah. Yeah. I know he'll be about that because yeah. he's, he's his harshest critic. Did you, did you speak to him about today? No, I didn't. No, no. Um, but, you know, it's a good ride. I mean, what, what age is he now, Teo? 20, 25? Yeah, so he's not as young as we think then, maybe. But um, he's improving all the time. I think he had a good Walter. We saw him at the Walter. That was amazing, day Walter, out. wasn't it? Um, Up and down, but, like, he really shone. When, when, yeah. um, when his back was against the wall, he showed real character and spirit, year for didn't he? I think he'll move on from this next year. Yeah. I think the main thing from those worlds is that he was in support of Swifty today. And I well, think, I think that's the, that was the plan, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. Swifty was always the man to be. And he, I think after this distance day and the weather and everything, it really takes your toll. But I think for him to do... It looks ridiculous, but on paper, it looks like he's gone for it. But he'll have done so many things behind the scenes that we've not seen. Is like getting Swifty a bottle, taking his rain jacket back, not taking his rain jacket back, up, holding onto a rain jacket for him. And I think, it's, yeah. I think it's right for a young guy to do where you learn these things. But at the same time, it's, it's a pressure that he doesn't have on his shoulders. But at the same time, it's, Teo, you can be that good. Don't take that rain jacket. Don't take that. And that comes with, yeah. Teo, you have to do this at the end of the day. Like, we are paying you now to be that world's best rider in this team, which Ben Swift was today. You've got a watch for you. Well, I've got, I've got a bit of news about that. Apparently, you know, apparently Swifty okay. was poorly this week. And he apparently, was, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah, I mean, behind this is unofficial, but Swifty was, well, had a bit of sickness in the week. He is, yeah, apparently, they were riding for Adam. That's what the score was today. But, that's but this is the stupid Adam Yates. Right. This is so a that's stupid like, thing. That's yeah. because this is all like 24 hours, but that yeah. was so the I score. Spoke, you know, although Swifty was yeah, Things survived, changed, mate, but yeah. things change and yeah, so uh, there was a different dynamic. I have been higher up. I haven't seen the result. Yeah, he so wasn't under percent today. Swifty. But I think with Swifty is today. I spoke to him two days ago. We're randomly going on a stag do, so we didn't talk about the race. But I spoke to him about a stag do that's happening tomorrow, and he said, oh, "I've had a terrible night. I've been throwing up and all this and that." Yeah, and he's, okay. I think he just spent a night in bed on Friday night, which was just like hell. He's yeah. puking up, going to the toilet, awful. <laughs> But I think this shows the character of Ben that he's never said to his teammates, yeah. "Guys, I'm not my 100. percent Let's still let's still go for this. Let's this is my ambition. Let's go for it." And Teo stood by him. He's gone. I'll help you as much as I can until the point where he's like, "Right, Ben, you're going back now. I've done everything for you. I'm just going to do what I can yeah. for myself." And I think that showed with Teo. And I think if it was a different situation where they said, "Guys, in this situation, everyone do what you want to do, get the best yeah. result you can," it might have been a little bit different. It might have been higher up for GB, but I think 
you can't go into a race thinking, guys, do what you want to do. Because at the same time, if they did what they want to do, Teo might have been even further back mm. where he had to sort his own bottles, sort his own drinks and that kind of stuff. He's the second in command in this situation. Yeah. So he won't have had to do a lot to that yeah. last 100k, really. So it takes back to 2011, Cav winning it. Uh, no race radios, right? Because it's the World Championships. So you wouldn't have known necessarily. No. At, at what point did you know? So for, so for, for example, when uh, Asgrim was, was um, crossing the line today, he'd have seen for the first time that Pedersen won it, right? Right, yeah. So, so we, yeah. At, at what point in 2011 do you cross the line and go, Well, we didn't have radios, it. but that's where David Miller was really good because he was fantastic on the road, David, reading a race and being a cool head and the captain. And he kind of ran the whole show that day, holding me back and etc. etc. Once I'd peeled off, Jeremy Hunt had peeled off, David peeled off, the three of us rode in about 4K to go. We stopped, there was a big screen 4K to go, and we stood and watched the world's finish, the sprint finish. And we actually watched it with all these fans and then yeah. carried on after. But it was really good actually because. When I was a junior, Dave Miller and Jeremy had turned professional for Bonesto and Cofidis at the time. And we all looked up to them as juniors because they were like living in beer ritz and living the life, pro, you know, pro cycling magazine kind of down there doing their bits and bobs. And so as they were our junior generation that we looked up to that we want to be them, you know. And, um, and there was that whole mix there. So then you had the grinds of this world that were looking up to like me and Steve Cummins and that and Cav. And so there was that whole team. Mm. There was the three generations of when cycling sort of started booming, you know, from Jez and Dave to me, Steve Cummins, to Stanard, Cav, G, um, or Chris Froome was in there. So it was, a, it was an amazing day, really. I don't think we ever really appreciated at the time just how... And then Cav finishing it off as well. I mean, those years with Cav, you know, in his pump, when you did a lead-out, nine times out of ten, you knew he was going to win. It was almost a science with Cav. Yeah, yeah. And he was the first rider to wear a filled-in helmet that year as well. That was the, that was the first... Legally, illegally as well. Yeah. He won the world title yeah. illegally. But who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Got rid of that helmet. Burnt. So you, that, that's what it felt like on the day. Are they British fans you were watching with, by the way? No, so they're all Danish. Yeah. And just mixed bag, you know. Yeah. 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 They, did, did, did you communicate? Were they happy for no, you? No, we were in the road, so we were on the course. Yeah. They were sort of on the sides, and then yeah. this big screen was up. Uh, and then that, that night, who, so David Miller was road captain on the day. Who was the ringleader that night? <laughs> Uh, I've heard about well, the story. Really, Let's go for cannabis. <laughs> yeah, Dave. <laughs> so we all just want to go and find an Irish pub. But Dave being Dave, he's going, dude, 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 look. Let's go and get some tapas and nibbles. It's cool, man. I found someone. I'm just going to get pissed. Brilliant. Uh, what time did you turn in that night? Oh, I, can't I lost my passport. Did you? Yeah. So how did you get home? Uh, Emergency passport. Yeah, I had to go to the embassy and all that. But that's what the world is like, isn't it? You've got to have a laugh. You've got to have a laugh at the world. You've got to have a big night afterwards. I mean, when I wrote one of the world's rovers in Norway 1993 that's when Armstrong won and Ulrich won yeah, Ulrich won the amateurs didn't he we went out uh, back in the early GB days and it was like nearly 10 quid back then for a bottle of beer so we were, we were sober because we were skint so it was a really really <laughs> nice deflating with you. yeah but I'm hoping tonight will be a little bit different but you, uh, yeah make so up for it tonight maybe. make up for, I've been making up for it all time. week I mean, why not? You know, the world is in Harrogate. It's not going to happen again and probably out of lifetime, let's yeah. be honest. So I think you've got to work hard and, and play quite hard. But I am suffering the consequences right now. Uh, stick, stick with us. Cause I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm holding on. I do, I'm last man. I do I'm want sat to... on, grimacing, holding on to the wheel at the moment, flapping around, trying to put my cape on. Chewing your handlebars, yeah. invisible ice creams out, everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to t- so Adam's mentioned it briefly there I do want to talk about the women's elite road race won in such spectacular solo fashion Blimey. by yeah. Annemiek van Bloes um, who of course was on the, on the podcast earlier this season um, so the, the women's course 149 kilometres from Bradford to Harrogate AVV went off um, with 100 kilometres to go Matt and, and soloed quite spectacularly just outpowered uh, a group with considerable talent behind her yeah. so, we're, so we're, we're looking at Chloe Diger-Owen the TT champ um, we're looking at Anna van der Breggen, her teammate, who is obviously never going to try too hard to catch her, um, and Amanda Spratt, who's, who, who again has had a, and an excellent season. And yeah, we, we, we have to mention Lizzie Dugan, um, so who, who can of course be proud of her efforts. But you've got uh, a peloton full of serious talent there, uh, and Van Vluten has just demolished them all. Yeah, I think she she broke. I think she won the race when she dropped them with 110k to go on that climb. I mean, that's a that's about a 12 to 15 minute climb. And uh, the plan apparently was to her to go along. Uh, nobody expected to stay away. And they've got such a strong team. And Mariana Voss was up there. Three in the top ten. Voss was like sixth. Van der Breggen, of course, got the, got the silver medal. But she just broke their will. And in the end, they were riding for silver. Uh, and Chloe, I, I've got, I've got to tell my hat off to Chloe Digar. I mean, she was a girl who didn't start training until this mm. spring. She had a really bad injury in the mm. winter. Trained for the TT. She is a machine. She would have been top 15 in the men's under 23. Um, mm. And she, she rode just on, just on will. 
Um, she rode, didn't ride a particularly canny race, but she is a talent. She's going to be winning the, road, the world roads over the next few years, I think, multiple mm. times. But yeah, hats off to the Dutch. Amazing performance. Um, some serious heart from Chloe Diger own at the end there. Do we think, Brad, because you were talking about this last mm. week, do we think racing the TT for her would have put paid to her road race chances? So actually, even finishing that high, she's done spectacularly well. Yeah, not obviously say put paid, but it, it definitely takes something out of you. Yeah. Because of the, the mental exertion and everything. There's not many that back up from the time trials of the road race. I think Cancellara was the last one to do it yeah. uh, 10 years ago, wherever that was in Mendricio, I think it was, uh, when he won the time trial and he was got fifth in the road race, but he was... You think Cadell won, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Cancellara was amazing in the road race there. Um, Switzerland now won it. Yeah. But yeah, just I think it's very difficult. There's not many people that do it, I think, because the mental come down after the, the time trial. And you don't do all the road training before the mm. road race, so you don't do that big ride midweek, you know, and kind of... You're always doing your sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, sort of a week out from the time trial. So by the time you get to the road race, you've, you've lacked any sort of real long miles. And you spend most of your time on the time trial bike. Um, well, for me anyway, my saddle was always low on my road bike. And, that, and it always feels a bit weird and getting back into the... But I think this is the weird thing with cycling now is it the way it's moved forward... It's like you have you've got this men's mixed time trial now, women's and men, and it's you have to concentrate on one event. It's like if you concentrate on the time trial, you can't do the road race now. Yeah. And I think that's the way cycling should be: is that you concentrate on that event solely, and you'd be good at that event. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with a mixed time trial: you concentrate on doing that effort for 15 minutes or whatever it is, and that's what our track guys showed. Yeah. Those guys can do seven or eight minutes, full gas, better than the road guys can do. They're used to doing a. 30 minute effort full gas rather than a 10 minute effort so I think that's what this world to me has shown is that especially the time trials not really the road race that if you do your your discipline that you are really good at Mm. it's like John Archibald he's never done a world tour race in his life but he was 11th or 12th in the world's men's time trial but he specifically trained just for time trial and I think that shows nowadays if you can specifically train for one thing you can be good at it on the road these days. But and I think if you try three days' notice as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Is if you change it and you say, right, you have to be good in the road race, but we'll enter for the time trial as well, and you need to be good at that. You can't do it. You need to be good at one thing these days. You can only focus think- on one mentally as well. But it, the way the flip side is, it's like for Chloe, she's world champion. Um, she's, she's, been, she's already been world champion on the road she won in Richmond as a junior as well so she's a real real talent but also she rode with the kind of like okay I'm just going to go for this but so I think that's the, the kind beauty of about women. Off. yeah exactly yeah. I think that's the beauty about women cycling is it's not really like a men's race as such these days where you get teams riding on the front and say right we'll control this it's just like right we'll get stuck into this instead and that's perfect for Chloe she's like we'll get stuck into this I can do the high numbers high watts let's get stuck into it and she loves that stuff whereas a men's race you have the reservedness of I'm going to wait till the last 50k and then I'll get stuck into it and I think that's how men's racing has traditionally always been we might see it change a little bit but that's how traditionally it's been for quite a long time now okay well that's it for the end of part one join us for more from the Bradley Wiggins show after this it's been another dramatic and action-packed year of live cycling on Eurosport and the Eurosport player and it's not quite over just yet with the final monument of the season Il Lombardia still to come Thanks for joining us for all three Grand Tours and all the other huge races we've already featured throughout 2019, including the Road World Championships. That's the Eurosport player on the app and at eurosport.co.uk. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer. Brad, currently wrestling a piece of banana yeah. bread from, it's made from your mate, Darren. Yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we, we need to talk about uh, well I should mention first of all that the crowd is still here yeah. <laughs> uh, headline this week chaps we talk about him a lot because of who he is but we should mention that Chris Froome has plans to be back on a bike riding semi-competitively in Japan it's an exhibition the Saitama Criterium uh, riding with Ineos teammate Egan Bernal. Uh, Brad, what do we make of this one? He's back sooner than we thought, only four months after a huge crash. Well, I, said, I think I said it loads of times. It yeah. it, nothing surprised me with him. Yeah. He'll be, I, think, I, think he'll, I think he'll win the tour next year. He's an amazing athlete, and the drive he's got, he, I think he almost needed something like this to drive him and push him on. He's always getting a bit bored of doing the same old thing every year. And I, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't put anything past him. And anything they say, the time is going to be out. He'll surprise us with that, and you know he'll be back at terrain and address to go in March, I'm sure. I mean, Matt, this is an astonishing turnaround, though, isn't it? Given that he's so that he's broken his neck, his right femur, his elbow, his hip, a number of ribs. He's lost four pints of blood. This is this is a crazy list of injuries. And that, that cut off his thumb. 
he's a remarkably single-minded individual. Um, you know, like laser focus. I think he keeps his he keeps himself to himself. You know, he, he's not really he's like posts a bit on social media and stuff, but no, he just he's just focused on on, get, on getting back. And uh, and as Brad said, you know, he's, he's won every Grand Tour. Um, and, and the next kind of challenge for him is to just get back to race fitness. And this and this is an important step. It's pretty much the Saitama Crit. It's an exhibition event. It's the last race of the year on the road. A lot of the European pros come across. It's essentially an opportunity for fans in Japan to see uh, runs of the Tour de France, basically. It's run by ASO. Mm. It's a good little event, but to good, be good for him to just have a pedal around, get back on the road bike, a bit of a feel for it. He won't be put under any undue pressure uh, and set his sights on next year. But no, I, I, you just can't rule him out next year at all. Free me riding this crit, I wouldn't put it past him that he goes well in it. Well, he, he which is a mental it thing, yeah. Of, and I think he wouldn't put himself up there unless he was yeah. forty five k an hour there for an hour or so. So he'd well, be reasonably fit, fit, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd get punted, you know. I would, and I'm a pro. Not to be for free me this season. <laughs> no, I'm just smiling because I'm happy. Not to be for free me this season, but chaps, while we're here, I do just want you to pick out one moment from uh, from the 2019 season that's really stood out for you above all others. Brad, I'm going to come to you first because I think it's, it's an early one for you in, in Roubaix. Well, it was definitely Gilbert, but from a personal point, when I was at the Tour at Val Turin, yeah, went to go on telly. It was the first day I didn't do the motorbike because the weather was bad. And nibbly. Nibbly was off the front. I love Nibbly. You know, he's one of the riders I want to lick his face. And he's... Um, <laughs> the fan in me came out again. I went and stood up on the hairpin. And I gave him a cheer. Threw his bottle. I had a fight with the Frenchman to try and get his bottle. <laughs> it was brilliant. It's what cycling Did you win? No. You beat no. him to Nibbly's bottle. You, nipped, you nipped on the bus down the final day to on Paris, didn't you? Yeah. I sort of went down and stood near the buses and sort of waiting for him to have a photo with him, you know? Because we had some big jewels, me and Nibs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I remember you saying that after the 2012 the mechanic tour, used he... to work at Sky. I Igor, I think, was, came over and said, oh, I said, I'm just waiting for Vincenzo to drink and I can have a photo with him. And he said, no, come on the bus. And then I went on the bus and had a photo with him. And it was just, yeah, because I really feel honoured that I was able to race with those guys you know yeah. I feel like a real privilege the fan of me has come back out again I've detached from the person I was and that and I'm still here and I've had a lifetime in cycling and I really I feel privileged to have done that and, and those people were part of that and it's just it's fantastic sport like I said you know, we were saying at the tour weren't we, it's just brilliant to be part of that we were still earning a living when we were talking about sat around that table drinking Guinness with John Tanner and that the day yeah. Linda McCartney folded blimey yeah I, I went to sign up yeah and you went yeah. to sign and then went to Tesco's I went yeah and, you know, Morrison's actually Morrison's, yeah, yeah. And we are nearly 20 years old there are still the earning, brands available earning a living out of it you know and it's, and it's a privilege yeah and it's nice actually you know, you know without you know, blowing smoke at your ass mate just, you know just, uh, you, you, I'm a fan I, I, I love this sport and we've, yeah. we've ridden at you know, varying levels between the three of us but for you as a, as a champion of sport you've still got that respect for your rivals and it, it, was, it, was, it was really it was really lovely to see you know and I, and I know that it meant a lot to you as well yeah because you've had a few years kind of away from it but to see you get back well I'm normal and I'm better so. well you know it was just well, it was great great to see I think it's, it, we should all see it as a privilege the weird thing is though with Brad is that you speak about you like growing up and Brad and looking up to Brad when I was growing up you I sent you the picture a while ago when I was like, like photo s- you were yeah like 7 or 8 years old Brad yeah. was like junior I or 18 nan once as well yeah you probably nan, mum, dad everything yeah. but I yeah but I looked up to Brad in a way that was like Brad's the like the pinnacle of the sport at the moment he was always that creme de la creme he was the best of the best of the British cycle and as I grew up with Geraint Thomas Ben Swifton and Cav it wasn't like they were like, oh wow, this is them. It was just like what we, what I grew up with. Yeah, exactly. So for you, it was yeah. a little bit before that time where you go, Brad is who that is now. So if ever, it's more when I come back to the track when I talk about you is when you talk about Brad, yeah. you say, God, if Brad ever got back on the track, he'd dominate everything. I think the road's a little bit different now, but yeah. if Brad, if he ever got back on the track, the way that he pedals, the way that he rides sixth day and it's not just the way that he could pursue he could do the endurance stuff it's everything and I think that's really what shone through to me through Brad and the way that you were as a cyclist and that's Mm. what my generation aspired to be it's a Brad even though they admit it or not it was and I think nowadays it's changed a little bit in the tracks sort of distance itself quite a lot when we read Steve on last week on the show he's just so unassuming Steve Mm. and kind of so modest because we've known him since we were 15 and he used to go and robbing cars in Liverpool and dr- buying. He's bad. Best thing with Steve, he's bad I remember. He used to come to the Nationals, ride the points race, go back robbing the cars. The statute of limitation has passed. Yes, so, so it, we're all in the clear. Well, Steve is. Beautiful thing with Steve, I remember when I first got introduced to Steve, yeah. I met him. He has no dad. idea what he's achieved and what people think of him. And it, we sat on the show last week and he just, he just, he has no idea. But that's so. That's I think why he's, he's still got that like car. That's why he's going to be all right in the future. It's the ones that think.
think there's something they're going to struggle when they retire. We were talking about someone earlier, weren't we, that still don't know who they are. Yeah. And it's hard, you've got to detach. But Steve's right, he's already doing a degree in business and sports mm. management, and he's not in, he doesn't feel entitled to make a living out of this sport when he retires. He's totally unassuming, and he giggled his way through it. He was having such a good time on it last mm. week. I, th- I, th- I think he's, yeah. he was just happy to, happy to be there in many ways. But that's like he was saying, we all see Cav as Cav because we've grown up with him, and yeah. you know, G and those guys, and the world see him differently. Um, but that's why I can take the mick out of Cav's small hands and his you know, little, <laughs> little feet and stuff. He's got dinosaur hands. Hello, like a Max. T-Rex. <laughs> Save us with your moment of the season, please. And you were, you were, I think you were commentating for this one. I think. Yeah, I, I was on site at um, in the in Valkenburg for Amstel Gold and um, one by one by Matthew van der Poel in outrageous. Yeah, um, maybe it's the right time to just drop in the Eurosport commentary right now. This one is going to come down to a sprint. Van der Poel, van der Poel goes. Van der Poel has launched his sprint. And I believe on the right. Van der Poel at the left. Can you believe it? Well, he doesn't believe it. That is the most extraordinary conclusion to a bike race I have ever seen. It's a first victory for the Netherlands since 2001. They're going to go absolutely mental. It's victory and absolute gold for Matthew van der Poel. If you don't, it doesn't matter, but we pretty, pretty pretty much all, all, all watched yeah, it. Yes. Edit point for you there. Well played. Live editing. Yeah. No, no I mean, I, we were coming, me and Rob Hatch had come to over the world feed. We'd just seen an amazing race in the women's uh, won by uh, Cassia Nui-Doma, which was spectacular. And um, we thought, do you know what? I mean, the blokes aren't going to be able to top this. And obviously you had, what was it, Kwiatkowski out the front. Who, who else was up there again? Um, oh, yeah, and Philippe. Alaphilippe was up there. Uh, Alaphilippe, that's right, fanning about but with, a, with an enormous gap. I and mean, we still thought 800 metres to go. But then we, also there's a few other kind of shots of this little group with, uh, with Matthew van der Poel in and then comes around the corner 800 metres to go, as we know, and just led out from that point. Led out you his know, own sprint. Built it up, hold, held 800 watts and picked it up to 1,230. Only, only Clarkey could hold his wheel. And it was literally with about oh, 10 metres to go, he finally passed the front group that had already uh, started to sprint. And it, it was, I mean, it blew us away. And, and I... I I've commentated on quite a few races now, like hundreds and hundreds of races, and been a fan for years, and I've never seen anything like it. Rob Hatch, who you were commentating with on the day, said that you ended up down on your knees. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we were. I mean, uh, like, I was co-commentator like that, that day, so I, no, no, I wasn't, yeah, I mean, I know Rob quite well, but, you know, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, I was, yeah, we were, like, just calling this, this un, un, it was just the most, yeah, do you know what, it was a thing of beauty. It was mm. absolutely beauty. It was the, it's the way that this cycling constantly there's new stories we, we think there's a way to ride a race and like today Mads Pedersen wins it's like okay it wasn't quite as spectacular but Jesus Christ what a story what an amazing story mm. you know it was just it's about every race is a different story and a different narrative and we saw one of the most that, that was a bestseller that's going to be you know have we been spoiled this season though, I think, I think we've been of... spoiled but I think you know we've been spoiled but do you know what I think it's just a teaser for what's to come we've got some mm. of the spectacular young riders coming through yeah. and I think the future of road cycling and, oh, and just cycling actually is, is kind of it's in good hands Adam give us your moment of the season uh, there's a few moments but I think the main one is probably Alaphilippe during the Tour de France I think seeing him lose the yellow jersey and then regaining it in the fashion that he did he regained that in a time trial that literally no one was yeah. looking at for him so he regained that in a way that was like wow where's this kid come from sort of thing and I think everyone's had him on his radar for a while and said he can do what he does but no one ever expected him to go to distance it only took him to the last day penultimate day of the Tour de France where he lost that yellow jersey and that was that then he lost it but apart from that strong contention to win it and, and he was never going to win it though he was always going to lose it but he was always going to lose it but I think it was yeah. just it the French hope and it was always yeah, no, under the we even got amazing. every day that went past we were like is he going to do it is he going to do it and and yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was exciting the way he was riding Thanks. Yeah. that's nice not to be able to hold me on microphone actually but no it was yeah that was again it's another story wouldn't it? He's like, oh my god, is he gonna, he's going to. And we went and interviewed him that morning in the hotel. Yeah. He was like a little five year old kid, wasn't he? But I think the, yeah. ma- the best thing was is that he still goes to Flanders, like not Flanders. Oh, the whole season. The he won his first season. race on the 29th of January. But this is what I in mean. In Argentina. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't win London Classic in 2014. Unexpected stat from you there. Just drop Very that good. in the mix, mate. Well, nice one. That was the one race I rocked. Alaphilippe, you'll go in the break. So on unexpected victories, Matt, um, if your people have put the call in, have we heard back from his people? I'm just uh, I'm waiting on the call. I've, I've just before there was a big beep that went off and just, uh, just weirdly my phone is attached well, to this Sonos in. and that was a text just before from... he comes in we should probably do the jingle yeah Dino alright sorry go on. <laughs> Adam you're going to come in three two one Dino of the day <laughs> well I put my call in um, hold on a minute 
just somebody just opened the door. There's a back. It's I can't believe it. He's brought his people. He's here. No, he's he's, 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 he's thankfully he's changed. Got a, he's got a track on. It? Look, it looks Who's like it? a Danish flag. It's Mads Pedersen. Oh, Mads. oh. oh. no! Can someone just make a bit? Of, make a bit of room. Just give him. Oh, he's got right, a yeah. oh, oh, sit. Just move. Can somebody have a little bit? Sit there, oh, man. You've, you've every right to be. How's your dog control? Oh. I can't believe I'm a world champion. World champion. How did it feel out there? Really happy. Really happy about that. Oh. You're going to have a party tonight. We're going to have a party. Yeah. You're gonna, where are you going to yeah. make parties? Hey, but they had beer in the dog control because I couldn't have wee. <laughs> and so I was there and... Uh, Hey, I still can't believe I'm world champion. Huh? What, what, what? Talk us through the last couple of hundred meters. I can't remember. I had so yeah. much caffeine in the final, I don't even remember. Did you speak to Mike or Michael Bogdan? No. Did you speak to Bogdan? No. No? No, no we didn't speak to anything. Speak to hamburger? I just thought, I saw the line, I thought there was a group of women, I thought, hey, I'm going to go for the win. I didn't even know we was the first group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? How did it feel when you crossed the line? Amazing. Uh, the, uh, you imagine how it's like to win the world title? Who was the first person you spoke to? Uh, Ross Rosen from Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> For Danish TV. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, what a, and then oh, I saw Jesper Skibi. What a man. And then I saw Chris Angus Olsen. So yeah, really happy, really happy. Now we go to party, Matt. Well, look, oh, thank you so can much. Can I go to Zwift? Yeah, you can come, you can come and do some Zwift. We'd love to yeah, have love you in like, Zwift. Like, it's a bit like on. Yeah, we, we might have like that. Now everyone here knows all the beats. You either go on the road, go road cycling, or you go, you know, like do the real thing. Mads, 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 that was mad. Mads, thanks for coming. Mads, oh, Mads Pedersen. Matt, I tell you what, you did so well to get him in today. Thank you. I can't believe that they gave me his number. Oh, he's a man in demand, isn't he? Jay's player. I didn't know he was until one No, you can't blame him for having a couple of scoops, can you? Oh, lovely. What a future for that young lad. Listeners, it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Lacquer. Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear. It's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money. Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage, both at home and abroad. It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races, so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost, and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises, even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured, claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. On average, Lacquer's members have saved 61% on bike insurance, so why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacquer.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code W-I-G-G-I-N-S. Usually, Brad, we'd do it and ask Brad and we'd yeah. throw, it to, throw it to a famous cycling fan or someone within the peloton. Um, today, because we are, we are here in front of a live audience, we're going to do a Q&A live from audience. the crowd. Um, so, yeah, like you say, I know you've been looking forward to this. Um, so that, uh, we're just going to get straight into it. Go for it. Fire away. Um, so the first question, and I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and just say a quick hello to Brad after I've read this out. So when is Brad going to get his own Adidas trainers, presumably this is, and what colours or, or silhouettes? Oh, so I wouldn't this, have one. I don't feel worthy who, enough to. Who's this from, first of all? And yeah. what's your name, sir? Lee. Lee. Thank you for your question, yeah, Lee. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm quite good friends with the guy who does all that stuff, yeah. but maybe in the future we'll have, we'll have a go. But... Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, Leaf. I'd call them them, because they have different names, the shoes, you know. I'd probably call them the the Chorleys or something. (laughs) Gary Aspen, he's from Blackburn, and everything's named like the Warley, you know, the Haslings and all those sorts of things, you know. Um, What's the question there, sorry, Lee? Classic one. Which silhouette would you do? The one when I had long hair and a big beard, I looked like Charles Manson at the Roulette Classic. (laughs) That was a good one. That was great. Um, Thank you, Lee. Uh, next one. Was the money an incentive, Brad, when you were cycling professionally? Who's no. this one from? Oh, has he gone already? Or oh, she gone already? No, no, it was so never. They're, they're Absolutely not. not. No, and I think it's become more of an incentive for people now, isn't it? I, just, I was such a fan of the sport. I wanted to win. I always knew the races I was trying to win and what I was... That probably hindered my career because mm. I was always aware of what I was doing. Mm. Um, and even when I had the money, I wasn't interested in... We didn't want to move to Monaco and have the kids grow up... And all that sort of stuff, you know. We didn't want them, you know. We didn't. It was just about. It was always about the kids and stuff, and mm. not. And it was never about money. Cycling's, you know, it's a passion. And you, when you do your passion, you don't do it for your money, you know. Mm. Reassuring. Thank you. Um, what's your favourite beer? Who's this one from? Um, on draft, I quite like a San Miguel. 
Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I'll throw this one to you, actually. Yeah. I agree, it's quite... I mean, I'm not a big craft ale kind of person, but the San Miguel, I mean, I know it's well, the lagers, a bit... Yeah, I'm not really it's, it's just crisp and refreshing. Mm. And also, uh, what, what's the old... Uh, Estrella. I, do, it's, I know it's, it's a so, cheap Spanish lager, gassy, but I like it. It's just crisp What's refreshing. The the I like an uncomplicated lager. Sorry, guys. Mahu. It's nice and simple. In, into the, but I like Baileys. Baileys is my favourite drink of all really? time. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Before bedtime? Um, Any time of the day, Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast? Anytime. Breakfast, but yeah, you yeah, every cereal. Yeah. Adam? Yeah, I don't drink beer, so I'm just like a rosé spritzer kind of man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take some, and there is, there is nothing wrong with that. I, I, Listen, I like rosé. It's fine. You're a good man for saying... Me too. You're a good man for saying. Brad's laughing at me, but I know he loves rosé. I do like a rosé. Yeah, thank you. Loads of ice, blackberries, blueberries. Exactly. Uh, Brad, here's another one for you. Were you glad you weren't riding today? Who's this one from? Are you still here? Absolutely. Hello, sir. (laughs) Introduce yourself. Stuart, Stuart, thank you for your question. Um, Stuart, are you mad? It looked grim absolutely yeah I think the last world I remember like that was in Florence when um, oh can I interrupt the Portuguese team got told off didn't they yeah old GB got told off didn't they the whole team got told off because the first 20k went up San Baronto which was Cavs hometown yeah he went up the front and he did a capacity I was on his wheel up San Baronto I knew I was in trouble when he nearly dropped me up there yeah exactly so (laughs) Cav did this capacity effort dropped everyone because he's in his home village and then that was it then he climbed off the whole GB team just got off (laughs) We got off before we got to the circuit. Awful. So just for basically an ego trip in Cavs Did you get third in that TT? TT? Uh, Second. Second, sorry. I got the blame for the road race. The Daily Mail blamed me. I took the rap. Blame him. What was the fallout that evening? I don't know. I never went back to the hotel. I stayed in the pub. (laughs) Yeah. Were you out that evening? Uh, I was out. The The race was still going on. I was out. Yeah. Um, just no, for what was that early that I was out before the race finished. For what was basically an ego trip for Cav for his hometown, for his hometown well, in Italy, I should say. Yeah, well, it was more of an ego trip for Dave and that, I think. It was like, there was, it, those things, when it went bad, it was always reflective on, like, yeah. GB and Dave. I think he got more of the, um, you're making me look bad now. Really? Bit, That's good to have Dave in the house as well. Just, uh, Dave. I think he came in with Mads. Briefly, yeah. He signed him. As he, <laughs> I just signed the three, the podium. Inevitable, really. I just signed the podium. Um, here's another one for you, Brad. What beard oil do you I don't, use? I don't. No beard oil? No. Just, who, who was that? Beard oil? No, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't worry. No offence taken. I don't just, use beard oil, no. it, it looks this lustrous. I'm on not vain own, enough. Apparently. I just let it grow. Um, moving on. How did you feel, Brad, when you sat up in the yellow jersey where you waited for Cadell Evans after he punctured? The race was over. There was nothing going on. There was a breakaway. Luis Leon Sanchez won. There was no need to go down there. We went down there this year, that descent. Um, and, yeah, it was just... I just, I would maybe deluded it. I was deluded that I'd expect someone to do the same for me. It was just the amount of punctures. I think there was... I can't remember any punctures. There was tax on the road, wasn't there? Yeah, so was someone, 69 someone had, punctures. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean you would. That, I mean, they took a fine English one to stop the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you were, so you were known as the gentleman in the, the next well, day in the, the French press. Day, that's just the French the, propaganda yeah. stuff. They just do that, yeah. They, um, love, they love the sort of perception. Like. But I can remember talking to you about this before, and you said it was basically like having the day off of work. So you can imagine going into work and just having the afternoon off. And that was, that no, was no, 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 because it not, was 20k to go. Yeah. We'd gone solid up that climb, and it happened at the top of the climb. Okay. This is mental. Day at work after you've been breathing out your arse for four hours, basically. It's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it's like a day off, but it's not a day off. No, it's just we only, we only stopped for about two kilometres so Cadell could get back. We've got a couple more questions just to run through reasonably quickly. Oui. Um, and I say this because he's been sat here awfully quietly. Um, Kenny Van Vlaming, thank you for joining us. And I'm, I'm so sorry not to have come to you again until very late in the show. Yeah, you know, do you, do you bring me to Arrogate? It is... Uh have a problem with the hovercraft so is coming over? Here's a, here's a question for you, Kenny, from Yeah, I'll be floor. quick because I have to go away. I need yeah. to go to, to speak to the other guys. I understand we've taken up a lot of your time. Yeah, yeah I'm wasting my time here. Um, so, given Thomas Cook's situation, is Top Bonk a solvent for next season? I, I don't even know what Thomas Cook is. Is it a, a sort of glue? I think he was I, racing today. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have a big problem with the legals at the moment. I am uh, talking to many people. I have a big uh, restraining order. Restraining order. I cannot uh, be going into many of the schools now in uh, in the Gitz area of West Flanders. But I'm, oh, I, you know, I'm always talking. Huh? I talk to uh, Lefebvre. Always bad. I know him is bad. Always is the texting for nutritional advice. And next year, I think uh, it is all about the turnips. I think uh, it's a hot tip for next I season, Kenny. The, thank you for that. And I, I'm going to have to leave it there. I'm very sorry I to cut you short. You know, you've in got a lot to concentrate you take on. It. You take it in uh, the gel form, and you measure the, the turnips, you place them inside the gels, and in the final, you have the nutritional, so the vegetables for the final, for the big, uh, the big voltage. 
better space where the vegetables of the turnips. Patrick's Tommy's, busy yesterday's news. He though. said uh, Timmy's turnips. Um, Kenny, thank you for joining us. That's okay. Where do I get the money? We'll, we'll, paying for the you, euros? Invoice Brad afterwards okay, and it'll make sure it gets to the right people. Okay, yeah. cash only. Euros yeah. or pounds? Out of euros. Belgian francs. It's a problem with the brick side. Belgian francs. Brad, one more for you from the floor. Uh, and the last one we'll do for the q Have you found the transition to, from athlete to media personality, full-on media personality and commentating, uh, have you found it difficult? How have you found it? No, I haven't found it difficult, only because I couldn't have done it last year and I couldn't have done it the year before. I think it needed me to detach from cycling to be able to do it. And I think I saw that this year in the Tour, the way you kind of let your guard off, really. And, and this whole thing about when I was riding, it was almost you almost feel like it's uncool to admit that you love cycling. Um, and once I retired and let go of your ego and everything like that, I just think, you know what, f*** up it, who cares? And then, and then you want to show the world. And so when I was on that motorbike, just talking to this, I would talk to myself all the time. So I was talking six hours into this little thing, not no, no feedback, just found someone giving me 10987. And I just, I just loved being there, yeah. you know? And then I think once you detach and you can watch the race and be pleased for seeing other people do well, and you don't feel bitter and you don't kind of keep referring to yourself all the time like Brian Smith, you end up, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I'm thinking. No, do you know what I mean? You kind of get joy out of that then. And it must be hard doing that if you can't be like that, you know? And there's a lot of pundits in sport in general we're not saying Brian Smith joined. No, no, in, in sport in general, you know, it's football and, you know, they're like, they're just, they're stuck in the past. You've got to move on. It's the first part of your life, you know, it's just, it's, it should be a privilege to do that. You shouldn't live off that for mm. the rest of your life, off that. It should be a calling card. You should be, you should have more about you, content of your character and your personality without constantly walking around, wheeled out as some bloke who won a race once, you know? Who gave us that one from the floor? What's your name, sir? Simon. Thank you, Simon. Um, so, well, I think before we move on, actually, I think we all enjoyed Brad being on a bike for Eurosport this year. Yeah, yeah quite right. Um, so that actually brings us nicely to a conclusion. That's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Um, as ever, thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance, powered by the community. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, it's our last part of 2019. So, uh, for the last time this season, thank you to you yeah, for no, sharing your you. wit and wisdom with us. And thanks uh, to Matt and Adam and everyone else who took part this year. It's been actually quite right. Thank you to Adam and Matt yeah, for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, stalwarts of the pod, Matt, as well. Particularly thank you to you for, for taking the reins oh, thanks, at the Vuelta thanks. at the Tour de France um, and doing the on site podcast for us. Um, I know we've all had an enormous amount of fun with it. Brad, it's been a pleasure. Um, tough job, though, isn't it? Hey? Hanging around talking about cycling, drinking beers. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's great. <laughs> yeah. um, while we're saying thank you, it's better actually, than Feltham, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit better than Feltham. Toilets, yeah, I, think. I won't miss them toilets. Um, we should say a, a last thank you to Prologue Cycling as well, and thank you to our, our audience for being here today. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. While I'm on the thank you train, I should just say a, a, a express a, a huge debt of gratitude to our producer, Matt, who's, who's stayed silent for almost every episode of, of this season. But a little round of applause for Matt, I think, because you, you won't yeah. have heard him. Yeah. Um, yeah. The man behind the scenes, Dan from Eurosport. Casual Dan, thank down. you. Uh, Brad, before we go... Adam? Graham. That, well, That's Brad's line. Yeah, Graham Walgoff. I don't need to Graham. thank myself, yeah. do I? Export yeah. magazine. Yes. <laughs> um, but, for, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, Brad, how are you going to keep yourself busy over the winter? Um, I'm doing a degree at the moment, so I've got to start learning to read. Um. Aren't you getting into darts? But, no, come on. <laughs> um, what else have I got on? I've got loads of stuff on. I'm presenting a new TV show coming up. All right. Comedy Central. Um, well, we will look forward to seeing that. Uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff. Just a, just a teaser. Just a teaser. That's, that's right. Um, Adam, how about yourself? Obviously, you've got plenty with your, your young family to keep you occupied. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but a lot. So I'll see you in the near future. Lovely. Looking forward to it. Matt, I know you're straight down the gym after this to work on your forearm game ready for next season. Yeah, I've got, I've got like 50 sets of 50 reps to do yeah. in the, uh, my hotel room on my own. <laughs> Left or right I've, got, I've got some more Eurosport to do. Got a couple of races coming Can up. We actually. Well, we got um, uh, Il Lombardia. Yeah, I'm, which, which I'm is... not doing that one. Doing a couple of the other little ones. Uh, so you can watch Il Lombardia yeah. on Eurosport and the six and day. Player, the six days on Eurosport. Day, course, I'm doing the yeah. six day. Yeah. Um, so before yeah. we say goodbye, we should just remind everybody where we can follow you on. So- if we're social animals, Brad, we can follow you at. 
Sir Wigo. Sir Wigo, as ever. Matt, the 100% real Stevens. Real Stevens, because all the other Stevens were taken. They real were. Stevens, yeah. Um, Adam? Adam Blythe, 89. Adam Blythe, 89. You can Ooh. follow me if you want favorite to. Favourite number? I've got the real one. Yeah, 89. It's my favourite, yeah. At Graham Wilgos. Uh, more importantly... Well, Graham. More importantly, you can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show... Please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next year, Brad. Yeah, true. Good night from him. Yeah, it is. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.